welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Oh my God, I cannot believe that I am sitting here right now recording the 100th episode of the beehive this is crazy i'm so excited for this episode it's really going to be a good one i promise you i'm going to start with a little solo portion i have a few important things i want to share with you the first is how i weaned off the medication cymbalta which i know a lot of you guys have been interested in hearing about as this is something I've been trying to do for the past year and a half, and I've been sharing bits and pieces of it throughout uh, Instagram and on the podcast, but I stopped taking it finally, so I'm gonna share that whole story with you. Also gonna share that I am going back to school to become a therapist. I'm gonna tell you guys about the new candles that I made that you can buy on the V-Hive, for the V-Hive. And then at the end of the episode, we're gonna be joined by my boyfriend, So I'm so excited for that and for you all to hear our conversation. Before I get into all of it, I wanna first thank everyone for listening because I mean, the truth is if you guys weren't listening, I wouldn't be doing this. So it's really because you guys listen that I can keep recording episodes every single week. So. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for supporting and following this podcast and this journey of mine, of ours. You guys are what allow me to keep doing this. So I am so, so, so thankful for all of you and for all of the messages that I receive where you share your stories with me and express your words of gratitude. If there is one thing I want to share with you right now, it's that your voice is powerful. Use it. Everyone has a story, everyone has a message, and if you share yours, it will resonate with people, it will change people's lives, and you will make an impact on the world. I can promise you that because I used my voice, something inside of me told me to share my story. I had pelvic pain, that's how I started the podcast, and you know, I started with one listener, and this story resonated with people, And so I just, I want to encourage everyone listening to use your voice and share your story because people will gravitate towards you when you share. So let's get started. The first thing that I want to share with you all is how I weaned off Cymbalta. Basically, I'm going to preface this conversation by saying I was a little bit hesitant to... I guess share this with you guys, but I wanted to because I know that Cymbalta is a medication that so many of you are on and that is typically 
a difficult medication to wean off of. And when I've posted about this over time, you all have been like, I want Sebalda. I'm trying to wean off. I'm really struggling. How, how are you doing it? And I've tried different methods in the past. None of them have been successful until now. And I asked my psychiatrist, my doctor, who helped me wean off Cymbalta, if this was okay to share, if I should share it or if I should keep it private. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I don't want to be giving medical advice. I wanted to talk to him and make and, and you know see what he thought about, about this. Um, and I've known him for a while. I trust him. And he said, you absolutely need to share this story because it's so important for your listeners to hear that if they are on Cymbalta, there are ways to get off of it easily, safely, and effectively. A lot of times, if you're on Reddit or Facebook or whatever it is, an online forum, how to wean off Cymbalta or Cymbalta withdrawals, you'll read pages and pages and pages of horror stories. But why I wanted to share this is because Cymbalta is a medication that if you need to be on it, it can save your life. It can help you tremendously. And and you shouldn't be afraid to be on a medication because of the fact that you will never be able to get off of it because you can get off of it. Anyways, I think what my doctor told me is literally the golden ticket to getting off of Cymbalta. I had never heard this before and I know a lot of people have never heard this before. So... We'll get right into it. Basically, I told him I want to get off the medication Cymbalta. I had been taking a low dose, 20 milligrams for several years. Cymbalta, for those of you who don't know, is an antidepressant, but it is most commonly used for chronic pain. Um, I don't have chronic pain anymore. I didn't find any need to be on the medicine, but when I had tried to, to wean off of it in the past, I was having bad withdrawals, although I was on the lowest dose. So I talked to my doctor. I said, I want to get off this medication. How should I wean off of it? He said, do you want to wean off of it or do you want to just stop taking it cold turkey? And I said, I'd love to stop taking it cold turkey. I did not know that that was an option. And he said, yes, it's an option. I said, amazing. How? And he told me that there's a medication I could take that will basically counteract all of the side the side effects of Cymbalta. So I'm sure you guys have heard of medication Prozac. He said if you take one Prozac a week for about a month or two, the withdrawal will pretty much go to zero because the Prozac has similar ingredients, but a much longer half-life. So I'm not a doctor. I'm probably not explaining this exactly perfect, but Cymbalta, when you stop taking it, it has a really short half-life. So you stop taking it and then all of a sudden like the the chemicals that it's sending to your brain are just gone and that's why you feel all of the withdrawal effects such as fatigue and lightheaded lightheadedness and dizzy and nauseous and sweating and all of these things is because the medication's leaving your system so quickly. So Prozac has, I guess, similar ingredients, similar chemicals in it, but the half-life is so much longer so that if you take it the medication will essentially be in your system for, I don't know, a few days as opposed to leaving your system in a few hours. So I listened to him and he prescribed me 10 milligrams of Prozac to take one pill. I think it was every five days for a month. And I a month, I think I took it maybe for a month and a half or two months. I honestly don't have the exact dates and time frames, but this was over the summer. I would, yeah, this was over the summer, this past summer during quarantine. And 
I'm not even kidding when I tell you I've experienced Cymbalta withdrawals. They're fucking horrible, excuse me. I had, I would say 95% of the withdrawals just didn't even exist. Yeah, I was a little tired. I didn't feel 100% myself. At times, maybe I would get dizzy if I got up too quickly. But I'm not kidding you when I say this one 10 milligram pill of Prozac, it was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle. I took that every five days for let's say eight weeks and after the eight weeks I stopped taking the Prozac once again I was speaking with my doctor throughout this entire process stopped taking the Prozac so I don't know let's say that was like 10 pills or something and never needed to take the Prozac again Prozac has no withdrawals and by the time I stopped with that the withdrawals from Cymbalta I mean I didn't need any more Cymbalta so I successfully stopped taking Cymbalta and Prozac and now I am am on no medications which is amazing and I really am very excited to be sharing this with you because I know a lot of you are on Cymbalta and when the time comes if the time comes that you no longer want to be on it you should talk to your doctor about approaching getting off of it in this way because it is the way to go for me at least. It worked, it was amazing, and I had no withdrawals. I mean, essentially no withdrawals. So thank you to my doctor, and I hope that that is helpful for you guys to hear. Next, I am going back to school to become a therapist. I am so excited to share this with you guys. I'm so excited to be embarking on this new journey. I am going to Columbia University in New York City. I will start in September, so that will be the fall of 2021, and I will be getting my master's in social work. So this is definitely going to be a few-year journey. Um, A master's in social work is two years. Then I will, after that, I will be getting accredited state hours so it's basically 3,000 hours that you have to get that you like they're working supervised hours and then after you get those 3,000 hours you take a test you become licensed by your state so I'll become licensed by New York State and then I will be able to be a therapist and have my own practice and work with women one-on-one so I think that this is just going to be something that opens up so many new doors and allows me to will allow me to help women on a more intimate level and just help more women heal and be there to support all of you guys in in a different way and I'm so like I can't even put into words how excited I am so my dad said the other night he was like tell everyone on your podcast you are taking patience for 2025 (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny um anyways I'll keep you all updated on that journey as I go but yeah I think it's going to be just it's going to be exciting and it's going to give me a lot you know a lot more information on all the things I already talk about here but I think I'll be able to also share so much more with you guys that I'm learning throughout my journey being in school and working with people and working in the field and it will just open the doors to a lot a lot more interesting conversations and um, I can't wait okay next so for those who follow me the Hive on Instagram you have probably seen that I made these beautiful candles the well A lot of people are asking me who made the design. I did not make the design. 
one of my very talented friends made the design but um I did help and I had them produced and I I'm just so excited that they're finally here I have been working on them since the summer and they smell so good they are hand poured soy candles with the prettiest light pink wax which I think is so cool um there are absolutely no chemicals in the candles they are just pure soy candles made with plant-based fragrance oils hand poured in new york the pink color is just plant dye and the woman who made them said she literally used two drops of a plant-based dye in the entire batch of candles she produced because personally i was like how do you get the color to be pink there must be chemicals in there but i promise you there are not the scent is so delicious it's kind of like manly and musky but also warm and cozy and a little floral and it just it makes your whole house smell so good if you want to know the exact scent it's vetiver softwoods and musk and um yeah i mean that's about it if you haven't seen them already Go check them out. You can purchase one on thevhive.com. So that's www.thevhive.com backslash shop. And all of the proceeds go directly to supporting the VHive. So I would be very grateful if you check out the candles, share them, send me pictures if you buy them of them lit in your house. I would love to see. I will reshare them and i think that's it thank you so 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 much for your support you have no idea how how much it means to me how grateful i am to be able to do this and if you ever have any questions as always please send me an instagram message at the vhive or an email you can email me at hannah h-a-n-n-a-h at the vhive.com and if you haven't already rate and review the VHive in the iTunes podcast app. It really does help. So all you have to do is go to the the iTunes podcast app, search the VHive, click on the VHive, scroll down a little bit, and then there will be, you'll see five stars and you can leave a comment. Please go do that. It really does make a difference. The more ratings and reviews the podcast have, the more visible it becomes in the iTunes store, which means more people will find it and listen to it. And the bigger we will be able to spread this message. So go do that. Thank you again. And now we have Dylan. So here we go. Oh, and one more thing. Please forgive us if the sound quality isn't perfect because we're sharing one microphone as I left my second mic in the city since this was spontaneous and I really wasn't expecting Dylan to agree to do this. So we shared a mic. The sound quality I think is is fine, but it's it's not 100% perfect, but that's okay. And we also had a few drinks beforehand. So I am laughing a lot. Let me know what you guys think. I hope you enjoy this. I hope you laugh. I hope it lifts your spirits and gives you a little taste into my life with Dylan. Enjoy. I convinced him my convincing skills work. Oh my god, I'm so good. So Dylan's here. I'm like so nervous. You should feel really special. <laughs> I Do you feel so special? So honored? I feel honored and a lot of something. Okay, this is really exciting because like basically I convinced Dylan to come on the 100th episode and I've been convincing him for a long time and 
I feel like I pretty much bullied him into doing this. Like you could say this is happening against his will, but that's fine. So Dylan is very private. Opposites must attract because I'm not private, which we all know. And so he made it very clear. Am I not he, supposed to be talking? To no, you're no, you're gonna talk, you're gonna talk. I'm just introing. He made it very clear that he knows like a lot of my family and like our friends and his mom and my mom listen. So he was like, we can't make this rated R. We have to keep it PG, maybe PG-13. So I said, fine, like literally you tell me what the criteria is and we're gonna go along with that. So he's here, so grateful. Anyways, we should probably let Dylan speak now. Glad to be here. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, like I'm actually sweating. I'm not kidding. Like I just, I think I smell really bad. I don't think they can smell you. <laughs> I don't okay. think so, but you can. We'll, we'll persevere. We'll move past it. Okay. So, Dylan, how did we meet? We met, well, how did we meet? We mm -hmm. were set up by a mutual friend. So originally, one of my best friends was dating a very nice girl at the time and decided to set us up. And we had a lovely first date Aww. at a interesting bar in the West Village that was, you know, I forget the name, but it's... K Katana Kitten or Kitten Katana or something. Yeah, it was a Japanese rock and roll pub yeah something something fun cool cocktails and uh a great night okay so on our first date you obviously asked me oh what do you do and i said i have a podcast on pelvic pain and at the time the vhive was called the women's pelvic health podcast and what did you think of that because that's like not a typical job agreed you know oddly enough at the time, I was working, um, evaluating early stage businesses and literally days before met an entrepreneur about to launch a series of physical therapy clinics, basically focused on maternity and pelvic health. So as part of diligence, I had to do a ton of research on women's pelvic health, pelvic pain and physical therapy related to maternity. So I knew too much about the topic, you know, for our first date, it, it, it gave off definitely serial killer vibes. <laughs> no, <it didn't. laughs> um, as to like, it did for, not. for a non MD, although I do remember everything about our first date touched on topics that oh yeah, yeah were that. absolutely not first date topics. And that I guess defined the the cadence for the rest of the relationship. Yeah. Should we get into like the, the mix up when oh, I first that was funny. I mean if you do you want you could tell a funny story. I'm I'm okay I don't know with if it's that. funny, it was just uh, yeah, yeah, I was misinformed. It. He was he And was... I and I made bad judgment. I mean so when I got set up with Hannah, I was actually You're set up. You're being so talkative, I'm so proud. Thank thank you for <laughs> the welcome. encouragement. Yeah, uh, when I got set up, I was actually set up we can talk, you can talk to your friend about this. Okay. She set me up with you and another one of her friends. I know that. But she sent me two phone numbers. That you didn't have saved, obviously. Without the first names and texted me the names. So I ended up texting both of you. Hi, Hannah. How's it going? By accident. Well, I had a 50-50 chance. 
yeah, that it worked out nevertheless. Yeah, so. yeah. The other girl, I think she wants you still. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> you know I don't she know. does. But too bad for her. Okay, so, all right, moving right along to my notebook here. I am. I will just say, you should also feel very special because I never prepare like this. Like, I legit have a notebook. Yes, you do. I see it no, all the time. No, like. I never prepare like this. Like, I literally have a notebook with, like, every, like, it's filled to the brim with notes. So this is really something else. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> he loves saying that. Oh, boy. Okay. So at times, um, Dylan will be like, oh, my God, you are the crazy vagina lady. So is it weird dating me? Dating the crazy vagina lady? Or is it, like, part of your life? Is this normal for you? What are your feelings on the situation? Well, no, it's, it's fine. Obviously... Everyone approaches a relationship with their own perspective and, and thoughts on the matter and, and their own personality. So anybody would be, you know, a fool to think that they were going to just walk in and, and find someone who's exactly like them and thinks the way they do and talks about the topics they do. Uh, crazy vagina lady. I don't know if that's a direct quote. Might be. No, it definitely is. I but at the same time, it obviously allows me to hear topics that I probably would not have in my normal daily course of life. And at the end of the day, I think we all benefit from talking and discussing those those issues oh, and topics. That's so sweet. Next question. Okay, so now we're gonna get into some more serious, serious topics here. At times I've definitely been like neurotic about like, oh my God, I'm gonna get a UTI or like whatever it is. I don't know how to word it exactly in the right way, but say I'm neurotic about certain things, understandably so because I have certain fears which I'm obviously working on overcoming but I think a lot of people listening have fears that they are also working on overcoming and I've expressed them to you at certain points I want to know from your perspective is it annoying is it do you respect that what are your thoughts on that well I'd say clearly we all come into relationships with certain sensitivities I think Broadly speaking, it's always about, and this, and this is applicable to not just us, but most, I'd say, relationship dynamics, which is having clear lines of communication and managing expectations. It's not about what, what you specifically are, are, are reacting to or, or talking about, but just being able to have an open and honest conversation about how things are going, where things are, what are you comfortable with, whether it's in that particular moment or it's about a longer time series. It's always about just having that direct and honest and candid conversation. And then you can always react and move from there. Mm-hmm. There was a certain point in time where I was like, Literally, don't touch me unless you're showered, hands washed, teeth brushed, whatever it is. If any germ comes in contact with my body, I'll kill you. But that was obviously like hard for me to come to that point and say. What were your thoughts in those moments? Well, you were definitely ahead of the curve for COVID protocols oh and, and, and sanitary <laughs> precautionary, precautionary measures. Oh my god! I would say that's funny. You really need to weigh what's important what's a minor inconvenience and really ultimately what leads to you to be really happy and so when you kind of weigh all those things rather 
while something might not be the most, you know, convenient, convenient, you can uh, persevere. I think that's too strong of a word. You can. No, that's fine. No, but you know, it's just a function of all things considered. Is that such a big deal? Mm-hmm. What what really matters? You know, how do you make each other the most happy? I just need to interject again and say another reason why I wanted you to come on the podcast so badly is because I think that it's so important for women to hear from a man that it's okay for, and obviously I'm talking about like a heterosexual relationship, but I think it's really helpful for all the women who listen to hear it's okay to, if you have a certain fear or worry or something that you need or want in your relationship it's okay to express it and it's important and really helpful for to hear from a man's point of view like it's okay i'm not gonna literally break up with this person or not date this person or not be this person because they have something that they're worried about you know what i mean sure well i agree with the sentiment i'd say i politely disagree (laughs) okay which is i think all of this is about honest and direct communication yeah it doesn't matter it's not like you need to hear it from a man you need to hear it from it does that doesn't matter it this is a human to human thing it's about being honest and direct it doesn't matter what the what the dynamics are i think at the end of the day it's a function of saying how you feel in 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 the context within that Mm -hmm. and trusting that you can have an open and honest conversation and be able to not just react to what the other person says, but figure out how to get to where you need to be. Thank you for your wise words, sir. <laughs> um, but wait, I do want to ask, do you think it's important for women to express their feelings in their intimate life or whether it comes in regards to pelvic pain or whatever it may be? Of course, I think it's... But this is, as I said, it's just a broader, it's a broader sentiment, which is always be honest, always be direct. If you manage expectations, if you manage the way you communicate, there's no surprises. Or if there's things that are not congruous with how people typically feel and people typically expect, you can have a direct conversation. I think that the failure typically comes from assumptions and anxiety and presuppositions as to what people are anticipating people to react with rather than the direct conversation because typically from experience having the conversation having it out all in the open results in a net positive rather than something that you know anxiety can lead you to believe is much worse beautiful thank you I just want to say that every single human being has their own set of anxieties and fears and problems and whatever it is. And like to think that you're going to go into a relationship with no, like being 100% perfect, having not a care in the world. That's not a realistic, like you're not a human being. If that's the case, you should find a way that you can feel comfortable expressing what your concerns or fears are and like obviously there's ways to work through them but when you go into a relationship it's normal to have certain anxieties yeah but that i mean these are just natural phases of every relationship which is like the the first the first meeting the honeymoon the yeah the normalcy and then thereafter i think it's just a function of if you think 
a relationship has longevity, it's a function of getting through, not necessarily pushing through to get through the honeymoon phase because you obviously have to be present and enjoy the newness of something like that. Are you saying we're not in the honeymoon phase anymore? No, not at all. As I said before, the longevity of a relationship is not judged by the euphoria of some newness. It's, it's really about how you can make each other happy, fulfilled, and complete even when the newness and novelty of a relationship kind of subsides. Okay, I think that's really important. You should be on every episode. I'm not even kidding. That's, a, that's never happening. But maybe every hundredth, maybe the 200th, you'll come back. I'm fine to agree to that. Oh my God, okay. We're making progress, guys. We have one more question from me that I thought would be an interesting question to ask just for laughs and humor. And then we're going to get into listener questions and then we'll be done. So we're almost there. Okay, hang in there, my love. If you had to pick one thing about me that is most challenging to live with, what would it be and why? But also not just live with, but like personality wise, something that you had to get used to or something about me that annoys you. What are some challenges you face in this relationship? Well, first off, that's a trap. No, it's not a trap. I told you There's I won't no... get mad at you. Anything you say, I won't get mad at you. That's I told 100%. You that. No, he literally, he literally thinks that I'm like, I'm framing him. <laughs> I don't even think this episode airs. This is just a, no. this is just a no. trap to get me to air my grievances. No. Well, I mean, three things come to mind. Oh, yeah, let's hear let's... them. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're going to hate should, me for the rest um... of the week. <laughs> no, I literally okay. said I won't get mad at you for anything you say. So you can say whatever you want. I swear. I will still you love you. You won't get mad at me in this moment, but. After, maybe. No, I won't. I promise. For sure. <laughs> no. Maybe. He knows what it feels like to be in the doghouse. Well, I mean, we've dated long enough to, to be past that honeymoon phase. And, and it's like the realness. Still, I feel like we're still in the honeymoon phase. No, it, but no, to me, it's now. about the realness. It's yeah. not about like the newness of them. I agree. I agree. Um, well, I'd say, first off, the way you load a dishwasher is oh just God. beyond logic. I know he hates that. Well, because it's about efficiency in terms of the way you load and the way you unload, and it like ju- I it do just the cooking. It's, it's ironic because I do a lot. Of, like I would say, like ninety nine percent of the cooking, but then the dishwasher. I do something. Yeah, you, you do. Once in a while, he'll cook like a really good meal, but most of the time, I'm cooking. As a result, <laughs> yeah. the, the the exchange is, if she cooks, I'll clean. Right. But the way you load it and creates such yeah, a yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. But you taught me how to load it better. No. Well. So we, we, you know, some, some lessons stick, some don't. Oh, are you implying they didn't stick? Perhaps. <laughs> uh, challenges living with you. Uh, well, the closet, the closet has definitely been a point What's of contention. What's the problem with the closet? Well, you, you've taken the prime real, like okay. I had. Prime real estate? It's not, it's less about like. Do you have your share? I have no problem sharing a living space with you. That's good. You take the prime drawers. When I took one drawer. Wait, let me just let me just preface the conversation by saying I moved into his apartment. So when I moved in, he now our okay apartment. our apartment. Use the right pronouns. Yeah, let's let, thank you. But when I moved into his apartment at the time. He obviously had the full closet taken up. So I was like literally trying to like make room for my clothes. But honestly, I think I win this argument because in the in the coat closet, 
I have a lot of stuff, but in the bedroom closet, you have three-fourths of the closet. You know that. You cannot deny Look, that. I don't think your listeners are that, that enthralled <laughs> with understanding the, the components of uh, our, our closet. closets. But, and I don't mean to cast aspersions, but you took prime real estate. That's been a challenge. No. We'll, we'll work through it. Um, I think we'll find an equitable, equitable solution there. Wait, but can you just admit you have most of the closet in the bedroom? Again, it, as I, I said, drawer. it's you about which drawers? The ones that are like... I have the bottom drawer. You have okay. the four top drawers. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Lastly, trip, I'd yeah. say... Lastly... But... Would be... And I, and I see this both as a positive and as a negative. Okay. And the challenge would be... But it's also a strength, which is... Yeah. You're very easygoing. Aww. You're very amenable. But... At times, you know, whether it's deciding what we're having for dinner, what we want to do, uh, where we're going to spend quarantine, we can have these conversations where, you know, in my mind, you, and as a result, you know, I end up serving like, you know, a menu where it's like, you can choose A or B, or if I suggest A, not B, you'll say, yes, I want A. And I was like, well, you should have said that at the at the beginning, which is like, you had a conviction, you had a point of view, but you didn't want to express it because you wanted to be considerate of how I felt. But at the same time, some of these decisions are so in, in probably there are at the same low level in terms of importance for you, which is like, I don't care enough to make a fight out of this. I don't care enough to say, I want this, not that. But given an option between A and B, you definitely wanted A. And so... You know, it's it's just more, yes, we both agreed we wanted to do something. Um, and it could be as trivial as picking what we wanted for dinner or where we wanted to go or TV what we show. wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So it, it would be having a stated opinion or, con, you know, the conviction in your decisions rather than, you know. But, okay, so I will say I could have predicted that you would have said this, which but no, now that you like artic, I mean, we've obviously had so many conversations about this because it's like a clear thing that we discuss a lot. Um, but I honestly will say that you realize like even just right now, and I've thought this before, but right now hearing you articulate that I am very empathetic. I am a people pleaser. I always want the people that I love to be happy. So that's why I'm always like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Like whatever you want. But Dylan has really made it a point for me, which is something I need to work on regardless, but it's actually been helpful because he gives me a hard time sometimes when I'm like, whatever you want. And he's like, no, like, what do you want? And I'm like that, like in the moment, I'm like, you're so annoying, like whatever. But reflecting on it now, that actually is a helpful thing for me because I should be able to choose what I want, whether it's what we're going to eat for dinner or what TV show we're going to watch or where we're going to quarantine or whatever the hell it is or what vacation we're going to go on, a small thing or a large thing. I should be able to say what I want regardless of what you want. If you disagree, then we can have that conversation. But I think that it's a really important thing for me to work on and you help me work on that, even if I get annoyed in the moment. As I said, it's always about clear lines of communication being honest, direct, because at the end of the day, most of these conversations are about 
things that are of such low significance, they're not truly a reflection of who you are as a person. It could be as, as futile as what you wanted for dinner or what you want to watch on Netflix, that you should just be able to have those conversations, have those disagreements, voice your opinion, be right, be wrong. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you can have that conversation, you can have that disagreement and move forward from there. Th yeah. There's nothing fundamental that's that, that's saying that you can't, you two as people can't be together as partners. Yeah. At the end of the day, if somebody's not willing to have these conversations, not willing to listen and engage, that tells you about who, the type of person they are. That's true. So at what you what you'll truly find is that you end up being your worst enemy mm -hmm. by internalizing it, by being self-defeating, debating yourself. Have the conversations out front. Typically, and most often, it's really not as big of a deal as you make it up to be. And you have the conversations with the other person. And you'll figure it out uh, one way or the other. And it's better to have those conversations sooner than later, as uncomfortable as they have. They are. But the idea is you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's so true for everything in life. I feel that way every day. No, literally, like you have to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Like every day we face something that's uncomfortable. Uncom being uncomfortable. I mean, comfortable being uncomfortable. You're just uncomfortable being no, uncomfortable. No, you're right, you're right. You're just going to have a Com rough ride in. You're right, you're right. Comfortable being uncomfortable. That's good. Wow. We have some wise words from Mr. Dylan. Okay. Now. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have to do you. Like, I, I mean, I have to tell. I have to say. I have to tell you what annoys me about you. Oh, I didn't realize that was. Yeah, no, we're doing it for each other. That's like the funny okay. part. Okay. Okay. I guess. So. Um, what do you find challenging about living with me or <laughs> being with me? Okay. Living. Honestly, not not really that much. You're a little messy, but you could argue I'm messy too. Usually I clean up, but that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. So you're saying I don't clean up? Not really. <laughs> but I will say, this is actually interesting. And I do want to make this point. Obviously, and again, you know, I am a big talker. I talk a lot. I share everything. The stories that I tell are could literally go on for hours. I need to tell every single detail. And Dylan, on the other hand, is like a to the point kind of guy. Like, all right, what's the point? Let's conclude this. Let's have a game plan, a solution, and move on. So for me, sometimes I'll tell a story and I'll like literally tell every single detail and it will be taking me a half hour and he'll be like, all right, let's just start at the end here. And I'm like, F you, don't tell me to start at the end. The story is the story. Embrace the story. Let me tell the story the way I want to tell it. I'll get to the end when I get there. But I just like to tell long stories. I like to talk about problems. And even if there's not necessarily like a solution to a problem, Dylan's very solution oriented. And I'm just like, let's just have a long conversation and go in circles about a problem that we can't really solve, but it makes me feel better to discuss it. And I've, we've actually had conversations about this where I'm like, even if there's not a solution, it's good to talk about it and just express our feelings and whatever. And I think he's coming around to that idea that like, it's okay to not always have a solution. But on the other hand, I do think that in a certain sense, sometimes you do make a good point in that I overshare. Sometimes I tell too many details that aren't necessary or aren't important. And sometimes, a lot of times you'll have conversations that aren't necessary and might even create more stress. Well, definitely agree with the last point. 
I'd say I think I'm a true fan of stand-up comedy. Yeah, you are. And storytelling. And so sometimes I love just the artfulness of setup punchline, mm, which is mm-hmm. the tension of giving the context, the give and take, and the pausing, and the rhythmic of how do you set up a context and what's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get up here and say I, I am a I am a qualified stand-up comic because I am by no means. Well, once in a while you have a good joke. Far and few, but at the same time, I'm very much to the point. Yeah. But to me, you know, when I hear something, when I hear a problem, my my natural state is to, okay, understand what's going on. How do we fix it? How do we go from here? Can't change it. Let's move forward. Yeah. And I'll agree. Yeah. Sometimes it's better just to say, yeah, that sucks. That's that's a shitty, shitty situation. Yeah. And I, I feel your pain rather yeah. than try to solve it because proposing solutions and interjecting myself is probably leading to suboptimal outcomes. But I will say that you take feedback really well. Like sometimes I'll be like, it's okay if there's not a solution. Just listen to what I have to say and tell me it's going to be okay. And I don't want you to fix the problem. I just want to talk about it. And instead of arguing with me or like telling me I'm wrong, you you do say you're like, okay, you're very easygoing in that sense that like you'll just listen and you hear what I have to say. And I do really appreciate that. Agreed. I mean, I, I like to be very understanding. He, you are. At times it's the path of least resistance. <laughs> uh but at the end of the day, it's just a function of trying to be there and then trying to be helpful and trying to balance the two and understanding even if I have a good inclination as to what could be a, a resolution to whatever issue we're talking about. Sometimes it's about self-discovery. Sometimes it's about just empathizing and being a sounding board and not proposing anything, but just being there to hear and listen and as unpleasant as that could be at times <laughs> i've definitely made it unpleasant it's just a the consequence well it, <laughs> it's it's one know, of the parts you just have to again up. it's about seeing the bigger picture here you guys how rational is he it's fucking amazing i'm so irrational compared to you oh my god okay so Okay, okay. Is this how all your podcasts go? No, he literally doesn't listen, you guys. He needs to listen. Okay. No, I, I, I listen from time to time. I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I, I um, just... Yeah. Okay, so, no, he... You make me sound non-unsupportive. No, he is very supportive. Oh, 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 wait. I have one other point I wanted to make. So, actually, my mom and I were discussing this, and we both wanted to say that Esther Perel, who most of you have probably heard of, Dylan, I've told you about her multiple times. She yep. is a well-known relationship, sex and relationship therapist. And she basically, so she has a podcast called Where Should We Begin? I highly recommend it for people who haven't heard of her or haven't listened to her podcast, but she does live therapy sessions with couples. And so one of the things that... What are you going to 
suggest that we go on? No, we don't need to. Good. I'm just suggesting that people listen to it because it's really interesting. No, 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 no. Wait, no, no. I told. I no. So basically, what she says in one of her episodes is that you can't change the other person. Like you can't change the person that you're with. So if something about them really bothers you, you have to. It's not so that you have to change, but you have to like go within and look at yourself and be like, why is this annoying me? Like, why is this triggering me? Why is this annoying me? Is it something about me? Am I extra sensitive to this for a certain reason? And why? It's not always about the other person and like being angry at your partner for something that they do, but is it a reflection of something that maybe you need to work on an insecurity that you have or something that bothers you for a certain reason? Do you agree? I mean, I th- I think it's it's a function of it's not just about the other person necessarily. Like, if something really bothers you about your partner, yeah, but it could be a reflection of an issue that you have with yourself, and that you can't change someone. So if you love someone and you're with them, like with us, if something about you bothers me, let me think about why that bothers me. I'd say the vast majority of issues we have with people are projection. Exactly. That's exactly. But at my the point. same time. I don't know how you would know that your way of communication and your verbosity <laughs> is I'm just an impatient person at times. Yeah. So like how is that your problem? That that's, that's me true. more just being patient with like, okay, she's telling me a story. Gotta 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 stay tuned. Okay, this is happening. That's true. We're gonna make a left turn, a right turn. That's go true. here, go there, and then and then we and then we get to get to the the end of the story and, and see where we arrived and there's no, there's nothing about that that's like a reflection of you. It's more just like my attention span to a certain yeah. circumstance. But I will say you have a very good attention span, like much better than mine. Well, I, I, I'm patient and understanding. Which is ironic. Well, no, I, I wouldn't say I'm patient. Well, I'm understanding. I'm, I'm a bit impatient. Yeah. So I will spend the time to listen, but I might not be happy. To listen to listen <laughs> for the extended period and duration that it requires to tell that that type of story. That's true. Okay. Oh, well, thanks for making that clear. Whatever, it's fine. Okay, now we're moving on to questions that I got from listeners. So first I'll just start by saying I got a bunch of spam messages from Dylan's best friend who we love dearly named Josh. So, I mean, if you guys want a good laugh, he sent me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten messages saying, who is his favorite Powerpuff Grill? What is his favorite, what is his favorite flavor of Fanta? Is it Fanta or Fanta? Well, the commercials say one of Fanta. Fanta. I don't know. Whatever. Who is his favorite alien? Does he like wine coolers? How is it to live with such a thick booty? <laughs> Josh is like crazy. Did it hurt Am I when supposed he to respond did to it hurt when he fell from heaven because it was a bitch to climb up from hell? Why won't he play video games with me? And then he sent a few really inappropriate ones that I won't read. And then he said, okay, I'm done. Sorry. Okay, Molly, you guys, I'm just gonna put a little plug in here for Dylan's cousin named Molly. She's the funniest comedian in the entire world. She should be Her, on the podcast. No, she's coming on the podcast. Her Instagram handle is hi h i g h on o n underscore molly m o l l y she is so funny she was actually her voice is on the mta subway in new york city if like if that means anything to anyone is a big deal she sent a lot of funny questions that are not appropriate um the most appropriate one is what is your safe word we don't have a safe word do we no we don't have 
We don't have a safe word. And then she put a lot of inappropriate questions relating to sex. So we're just not going to go there because we agree that any, to be PG. Any, any good ones? You can tell me if you want to answer them. I, I'm probably going to guess that you don't. Um, who is your hottest cousin? That's the least inappropriate one. Yeah, that's why I read it. I know. I mean, I think all my cousins are beautiful and lovely oh, people so and, and wonderful individual human beings. So I'm not going to go there. But you don't want to answer the other ones because they're about me okay moving on i said my piece about you yeah danielle my best friend and asked the question are you gonna identify everybody who asked a question most people okay we'll move on oh my god will dylan's best friend who's Stop a surgeon that. okay just fine. ask questions okay okay i'm just reading through the questions so like i obviously have to say them all okay this is a really good question that i really liked and i actually want you to answer someone asked how have you been a teacher to him? So how have I been a teacher to you? That's a really beautiful question. Is that a question for me or for you? For you. How have I been a teacher to you? Well, I think it's always about approaching topics that you wouldn't typically encounter, for me at least. It, it, and so um, you've taught me to be more empathetic, open, addressing conversations and topics that you really wouldn't encounter, or at least I wouldn't encounter in my typical day-to-day life in approaching it with the open-mindedness and honesty to have both opinions, willingness to be be wrong and learn from them and, and grow from them. And, and, and being able to disagree, but more importantly, figure out where you can agree and where you can understand each other, where there is a gap between how each other feels. And therefore, you can not necessarily have to be of a single mind, but compatible in terms of thought, process, and outlook. Beautiful. Well said. Okay, someone else asked, how to date guys when you have pelvic issues and UTIs? It's all about being honest, direct, finding the right moments. These are not topics that come up easily on a date or in conversation but it's clearly something that's important to you as an individual and for the right people they'd be willing to have the open and honest conversation about it so if someone's shying away or you know obviously it's not a fun conversation to have but at the same time it's an important conversation and so there's never a good time it goes back to being comfortable being uncomfortable, just being able to try to be open with somebody that you're trying to have an open and honest relationship with. If that's not really what you, what you're looking for or what they're looking for, that's a different that's a different podcast we can go on and talk about at length. But uh, for the most part, it's really you know be direct, understand context, say it when you need to say it, um, and and know that like even if you don't get the response that you want, that it has no reflection on you, but rather the other person's willingness to engage on the topic. Um, and you can you can take it from there. And, and I'd say nine out of ten times, or even more so, you know, being in your head, being too too overcritical, you, you're going to be your own worst enemy. It's really about you know laying it out there. Often things are not as bad as you can build them up to be. I 100% agree. What I do want to say is I don't want to be the person that's like, 
if your boyfriend or husband or partner or girlfriend or whatever it is doesn't want to talk about it or is rude break up with them but with that said do you think that if someone doesn't want to have a conversation or isn't willing to have a conversation that they're that they shouldn't be in your life it's not about being in your life or not in your life i think it's about look this is all context specific you got to be you know if you're young and in love and in college it might be a different thing than if you're Mm -hmm. older and looking for something more mature or you know whatever the the issue is and what whatever the situation is i think it's always a function of who you are where you are in your life what are you trying to get out of that relationship um if you're looking for something more serious and you're trying to walk a tightrope Make sure that it's not just self-perceived. Like, have those conversations out front. Um, if they don't work out well, you're going to just be saving yourself a lot of time in the long run by avoiding those difficult conversations. So, again, it's just, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Have the conversations. Speak it straight and, and take it from there. I agree. Thank you. That was a great answer. We have two more questions. How does he handle navigating this pelvic journey with you? I mean, I feel like that's pretty much the same question. Yeah, I mean, it's knowing that I don't understand what's going on at all times. It's it's knowing that, you know, you know, as somebody who grew up and had tons of broken bones and sports injuries and whatever, knowing that, like, just, be, you know, pain manifests in a lot of different forms and it's not about necessarily visible scars but just about understanding where two people or where somebody can come from and and two people just understanding each other and having that context and understanding so you know how do you handle it it's it's really just you got to recognize and respect each other as individuals and human beings and know that all you want for the other person is is the best for them and and do whatever you can to support that okay last question does he have any advice that helps him get through it and i actually really liked this question because i think that this is more geared towards men in the sense that it could be difficult for a man to be with someone who might have pelvic pain or intimate health related issues do you have advice or is there anything that you have to say on that matter that has been helpful for you to keep in mind? I think it comes down to seeing beyond the moment, understanding where things are within context in the long term. So even if a story just goes on and on <laughs> and on. Like me. And on like and, me. and doesn't uh bounce to the cadence that you're typical you're you're accustomed to it's really knowing that the person opposite of you whether they can be different and, and dramatically and radically different from you is is a good compliment and makes you a better person and understanding that overall and in the long term medium term and even near term that you're you're better off figuring out how to, how to coexist and thrive with that person rather than make everything conform to what's convenient, what's easy, what you'd prefer, because often what you prefer is probably not in your best interest, but more an indulgent and probably uh, your fun, but, but false. 
I love you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast because I know that this was something that you didn't really want to do, but you did it for me. And I know that everyone is going to be really happy to hear this. I appreciate it so much. I'm not even kidding. I'm so grateful. And everyone listening, please send in a message so that we can tell Dylan how amazing he was and boost his confidence that he comes back mm. on. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I'd say very thankful for all of you who listen and follow Aww. and support her and happy happy 100th and we'll see we'll see we'll 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 be back on the 200th uh i'll I'll i'm a fan a supporter and and support all of you out there this podcast is for educational purposes only it does not constitute the practice of medicine nursing or other healthcare professional services including the giving of medical advice During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.